welcome to the Sasquatch Podcast. This is Adria here with my co-host Astrid, and today we have the wonderful Jen Weber joining us. For those who have yet to meet Jen, she is originally from Edmonton and made the move to Saskatchewan to join the University of Saskatchewan Huskies in her student-athlete tenure. This season, she is currently in her fifth year of collegiate eligibility and has been working towards her chemistry degree with a minor in German. In sport, Jen is best known for her throwing event contributions with PBs in shot put of 1365, in hammer throw of 4840, and weight throw of 15.56 meters. Additionally, in 2016, Jen was also the CanWest champion and has represented Team Alberta, given her Edmonton hometown situation at the time, at both Western Canada Games and Canada Summer Games. Without further ado, Jen, we appreciate you joining us and let's get to it. Tell us, how did you get started in sport? And also welcome to the show. We're so happy to have you. Oh, well, thanks for having me, you guys. Um, oh my gosh, how did I get started in sport? Oh, this is like over a decade ago now. I think literally, so I grew up in Edmonton, but I went to school in Sherrod Park. So that's like half an hour outside of Edmonton. And there in our junior high system, we started doing track and like sort of in May. And then I was like, oh, I'm actually pretty good at this. And so then we went and declared and we did our little school meet. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like I'm like not too bad. I'm like a little, like, a little bit better than the other girls. And then I sort of like worked from there, like grade seven, eight, nine. And then in, in Alberta, or at least where I'm from, once you hit grade 10, that's when you go into high school. And then once I went into grade 10, I was fortunate enough to have Rob Fisher, who was, I think, I think he's still the sprints coach at U of A, was actually my sports performance teacher at my high school. And so sports performance is a class that you take and essentially you get to work out and get a high school credit for that class. Didn't that. I didn't have that when I went to school in Regina, Saskatchewan. So kudos, you got to have that class. That must have been super beneficial. Yeah. And so like through that, I was like, oh, OK, I, like, I kind of like the working out aspect of it and the strength training. And then he also happened to be the head coach of a club um cap city um in mm -hmm. edmonton and i had no idea how like the club system really worked in track i was like oh this is just like through high school kind of thing but there's like a whole nother world and then i thinking what was it yeah grade 10 to grade 11 we had our alberta summer games in lethbridge so i competed at that and then i liked that a little bit more and then i joined capital city in my grade 11 year and then I just kept moving from there. And then once grade 12 came around, I knew that I'm like, well, I kind of want to stay at home. So I knew that the U of A had a track program. And I knew, I think at the time, Rob was actually coaching the throws. It was a bit of a transitional period for the U of A at that time. So he was kind of like coaching me as well on the throws. So went into that, um, did that for couple of years but then I don't know just sort of like wasn't really like the atmosphere that I was eventually realized that I was looking for and so then I had to step back and like reflect kind of thing and like what do I actually like want in sport or like what do I want to get out of it kind of thing 
Oh, for sure. And then also, sorry, keep me up to date here. But what were you in school for at U of A? And was it the same program once you came to Saskatchewan? Yeah. So like most students, I feel like everyone, well, most of them, since we do have five years of eligibility, um, I knew right away I'm going to plan out my degree. So I'm only taking four courses each term. And so I went to school for chem as my major and then eventually I minored in German and then I think I did four years of my school at the U of A but then I was kind of like oh I want to like get back into competing and stuff and then there was like this separate clause to be a visiting student type of thing and so with that you could apply to another school and take their classes and have it apply to your um sort of like main school or like your original your program yeah yeah mm -hmm. and like as long as those classes weren't your major or minor like the U of A was fine with it and so luckily like everything worked out and I had completed my major and minor in time so I only had electives that I needed to take so when I went to the U of S I think I only took three and three that year and they were all like basically okay I have like calc two and like psychology and oh, I don't even know what else like maybe sociology and so that's sort of like what I did in my fifth year kind of thing mm -hmm. for my degree instead of piling on your final year with sport and like heavy course load you managed to sort of schedule it that you got to enjoy sort of those last years of eligibility plus have maybe yeah. more introductory level courses so you could balance that out to its finest probably the flip side compared to your first year of being student and athlete mm -hmm. So, yeah, okay, sure. so you you started, it sounds like in high school you started, things sort of started to align with classes and right people being in the right place to sort of groom you into club and then into student university athlete. Now, no surprise here, I'm not a thrower. I know Astrid has some background here coming from the multi-event background. So you've done shot, hammer, and weight throw is sort of like the primary ones. For listeners who maybe we're brought up in more like a running understanding of track and field. What do you wish that everyone could know about the throwing events or like with those three events, how could you tell us more just as just like as an overview for maybe some of our listeners who aren't as well versed in those events? Because I feel like they often don't get as much media attention. Yeah, well, actually, I've technically I've competed in all the throws events like they made me and do this, javelin. This Sorry, and jab. Yeah, they made me do javelin <laughs> at Western Canada Summer Games. Like it's fun, but oh my gosh, it eventually starts to hurt. I think like what you need to know about it. Like they're all similar but different at the same time kind of thing. Like they all involve you being able to like rotate and pivot on your foot but also it requires you to be in like different planes of space at the same time. So then like javelin is the one that you're actually like facing your um, sector, but then the circle sports uh, circle events um, have you facing, well, you're back to the throwing area kind of thing. I'm just thinking like, and then the only other thing is, well, discus you throw in a two and a half meter ring and then the shot and the weight and the hammering is seven feet in diameter. So it's like smaller. So I guess then for someone who has like a 400 meter to a 200 meter track to run around to generate power in, and I know there's so much strength involved with throwing. How do you, 
tell me, like, walk me through, like, what's going through your mind, because you need to not only be strong, but you need to be fast in the circle. Like, that impacts how fast you're actually going to get momentum going. How are you containing that much strength? Because clearly, you're much stronger than I'll probably ever be. Um, so you have this strength, and you also have this speed. How do you connect the two within such a small diameter? Because I'm used to more of a sprint group where you're pushing off of blocks, and you're using, you're, you have more room to accelerate to burn off that energy how do you contain it and then control it as you said to throw something in a trajectory in like a very small sector <laughs> i i that's so funny because i'll have like master athletes come and be like oh how do you get it into the ring or like what do you focus on and i'm like if you're on balance and you turn correctly it should just go down the middle of the sector <laughs> But obviously, like, if you see us in practice, like, if we're throwing weight, you'll hear, like, it clanging against the cage, or if it, like, we hook it left, and it almost, like, takes out a relay runner kind of thing. Um, honestly, like, there's so much, I'm just trying to think, that goes on when we, like, throw. Typically, since it takes less than two seconds to actually throw the implement, we do all of the thinking. You should do all of the thinking outside of the ring. And then once you get in, you sort of calm yourself and just let your body do its job, at least in the more like developed stage when you actually have a bit of a technique. For those who are still like learning how to throw, it's very much like mechanical. Okay, I have to think about, okay, my right foot's going to go and then my left foot and then I'm going to get my hip and my foot's going to turn and then I'm going to clear and then I'm going to push for like talking about shop foot. So if we compare that to say like the Can West championship moment or some of those highlight moments, walk me uh, as like a newbie to throwers, which I'm assuming some of our listeners might be some for the ones who are listening, who actually speak throws, pardon my very intro level of comprehension here to speak. Um, walk me through like what it looks like. Like, do you like a quiet environment? Do you want like a super loud roaring environment? Walk me through like what that championship throw feels like for you. Oh my gosh. Like, I'm just trying to think like back when I see, yeah, like when I won Can West in 2016, I think I was behind Elena and Jess. Uh, those were like Husky throwers at the time. Um, I think I could like always like when shots going on, there's always, there's always, I think like the four by eight that's usually on. And so like the roar, like everyone's like going, going. And I'm like, okay, like, like at least at that championship, we were in the field house and like the energy was just like so infectious kind of thing. And then I'm like, okay, I got this. And then I think it was like rounds four or five. I did my glide and then I cleared and everything like my hip actually got through on that throw. And so then it ended up being like a half a meter PB and sort of like ended up beating everyone else kind of thing. And then it was sort of like, like skip forward to like 2020. It was like same kind of situation. Like everyone's like roaring with the relays kind of thing. And everyone like, I don't know what other jump is going on at the same time the shot but um same kind of like atmosphere and then i ended up throwing basically the same mark but there was another girl who threw like 40 centimeters farther so i ended up second so i was pretty happy with that at the time well congratulations never like downplay a silver medal like you're on a podium that's a very impressive thing to do on a field 
So congratulations for that. Astrid, you also were a multi-event athlete as well. So I think you can relate to some of the throws. I would love to hear you guys chat a little bit about your role models in sport. I want to hear about who you looked up to and thought, dang, these are some incredibly strong women in sport that I can't wait to aspire to be like. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so, of course, yeah, Terrence Sutty has always been someone I look up to. I got to be on the team with her for a little bit, actually, and she's just an amazing athlete and a phenomenal person um, and has represented Canada um, on the world stage. Uh, so big fan of Terrence Sutty. Elena is one of my best friends. <laughs> she's amazing. Um and it's naturally talented as well. Um, but I guess because I was a multi-event athlete, I was always just so amazed by Jackie Joyner. Uh, Jackie Joyner, is it Jackie Joyner Kersey? Yeah, mm -hmm. Jackie Joyner Kersey. Um, she's a past athlete of the United States. And I believe she's actually still the heptathlon record holder but she was just so phenomenal at every event. Like she's throwing a 15 meter shot put, you know, she's hurtling 1260s, 1270s, uh, long jump. She's in like the seven meter ranges. She's just a phenomenal, phenomenal athlete. Every single event was just amazing. So um, she's been a huge role model for me. How about you, um, Jen? I'm just thinking like, just in like Saskatchewan or just in general? How about both? Do you have a Saskatchewan oh. role model and then maybe an international one too? I think like right now, at least in Saskatchewan, um, Carla Johnson, she's back. Oh, yes. Doing, um, like as a master's athlete and she's just like a wealth of knowledge and just like, just like hearing from her experiences, I'm like, oh yeah, that was totally me in my first year or two. And I'm like, oh, I'm so glad we can like relate and like learn together and improve kind of thing and grow and mature. And then, I don't know, like internationally, like I love looking, like it's cliche, oh, like the world record holders, oh, those are so impressive. Like, especially when you watch them live and you see them throwing, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Like, I'm just thinking uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I went to Vancouver for a throw summit, like Sask Athletics um, gave me some funding to go to develop some of my coaching skills. And there, there was uh, Cameron Rogers. So that's our Canadian record holder in the hammer. And she did a practice and I'm just like, oh my gosh, like you are just so phenomenal. Like I competed against her in 2015. 15 and I was like yes at least I beat her in the shot <laughs> but I'm just like the way like she's just unbelievable kind of hammer thing. throw hammer throw is one of the most awesome events to actually spectate I have to say there's just like this awesome combination of like elegance and speed and strength I love watching hammer throw and yeah Cameron Rogers throwing is pretty amazing another one i actually was just thinking of is sarah mitten because i watched mm. her throw for the first time in person at canadian nationals and that was at the time where she threw 20 20 yeah she threw yeah. over 20 i don't know if that was her first time throwing over 20 
but seeing it in person is actually pretty phenomenal like that yeah that was incredible oh yeah like she's amazing sarah like she's the same age as me mm-hmm. and like oh my gosh she is just unbelievable like with the talent like when i competed against her she was still gliding but like five seven and still gliding like over 16 meters was like really impressive and then to see her like transition to rotational shot and then be competitive and like being number one for 24 hours mm-hmm. it was so cool to see a Canadian be able to do that. Does that motivate you to see people who you've competed against and be like, wow, people from my circuit are out conquering the world right now. Is that, in, does that feel intimidating or is that more like I'm so fired up and spicy. I can't wait to do that. And like, she's yeah. one of my colleagues. Yeah. Like I want to say like, a couple years ago it was pretty intimidating like especially when i threw against britney crew at u sports i was like hey this person's been to the olympics oh my gosh i have to compete i have to actually follow her since i think i was eighth and she was first or something like that in the order um so that was like a little bit intimidating but now that i'm like older and i'm like getting over well learning to deal with like a chronic injury. I'm just sort of like, you know what? Like, sure. Like I'm starting to like figure out my body and realize like, you know what? I'm not stuck at this. Like I could probably like keep improving. And if not, like I'm just enjoying the process. That's awesome. And I I am also curious too, because I know for track athletes, a lot of runners like to say, Hey, this is my favorite track to run on. I'm wondering for circles or for throwing events, do you have a favorite meet or like a favorite venue that you just can't wait to go and throw at? Mm. Indoors, it's between the Fieldhouse in Saskatoon and Edmonton. And then outdoors where I love to compete is in Sherwood Park at the Strathcona Athletic Park, just because it's like, again, like I love the circles. I love the like, even though it like, it sucks that the throws area is actually like on the, completely separated from the track and the jumps area but it's actually kind of nice because then the throwers just kind of hang out and everyone's sort of like relaxed and loose and also it holds like a special place in my heart just because it's for all of my school meets like ever since grade seven that's where we compete and I'm like like this past summer I went back there as like a tripods coach and I'm like oh my gosh guys like that's my high school over there and they're like oh my gosh that's crazy Jen and like all these like high school kids and they're just doing their thing and I'm 10 years later I'm coaching them I'd love to hear what are your plans for this year as a Husky athlete and I know graduation is on your horizon so I would love to also hear are you planning to stay in the sport via coaching or do you want to compete as a post-collegiate athlete or maybe Mm. even officiating so I guess I'd love to hear your plans for this year and then maybe a sneak peek if you're willing to share what comes afterwards Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, this year, yeah. So I'm finishing off my fifth year of eligibility. And so I'm hoping it's going to like end off with a bang. And if it doesn't, like, that's okay too. I'm just sort of like happy to be here and being able to train. Like in 2020, it was kind of like rough, um, getting like a pretty bad diagnosis kind of thing. And so, like, after that, they're kind of like, you probably shouldn't throw. And so it took me like a couple of years just to get to this point. And I'm just like grateful and super happy to be at the track. But performance wise, if I'm like, like in the weight, 
if I get top eight, um, I'll be super happy just because I'm like, wait, it's just been that event where I'm like up and down and always at like conference. I just kind of perform average and that's just never been top eight material kind of thing. Um, and then on the shot side, I think it would be nice. Well, I think between either events, like I really would like to end off with an individual national medal, but like, I don't want to be like, Ooh, put all that like effort and like stress into that. If it happens, it happens. I'll be super happy. But if it doesn't, it's not the end of the world. If I can get as many points for the team, especially with our home meet, um, I'll be super happy. I mean, you you have claimed the title before, so I don't feel like it's not within reach for you, especially with the seniority you have, and you've clearly learned from your injury, um, home turf for Canwest and national. So I feel like I'm I'm excited to come and cheer. I obviously I won't be competing or anything, but I'm still excited to come and watch you literally throw down. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll I'll be cheering for you regardless. So you have some some podium finishes and some top eight aspirations for this upcoming indoor season. Can we expect to see you competing outdoors or do you think you might do some transitional decisions? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> like, it was sort of like up in the air because going into the season, I didn't know how my body was going to react to like training full time again. Um, I'm still kind of like taking it like, um, cycle by cycle with our training phases. Um, I feel like by the end of it though, like after we connected with like the BC coaches and athletes, I'm like, heck yeah, I want to go. I think it's in Langley or somewhere yeah, in BC. Nationals are in Langley this year. Again. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I'd love to like see them and like compete there. Like BC is so beautiful. And so I don't know. I think that's like the, as I'm getting older, like you, you should start to specialize in one throw just because it takes so many repetitions, especially at the high level to actually improve. I just don't know between which one I'm like, Oh, do I go with hammer? But then the depth in that event is pretty amazing in Canada right now. And then in shot, I'm like, Oh, I've been on the scene pretty good in shot. Like I've been to nationals outdoors three times and all three times, I think I placed ninth. So that's just always been a brutal position as a field athlete. And so I'd love to go there and break that outdoor curse kind of thing. Can confirm I've had two ninths in a row in the 800 missing oh. the final. I, I understand that deeply, very yeah. deeply. <laughs> yeah. I do have a question for you though, Jen. Mm -hmm. So as a field athlete, um sometimes you'll see athletes who are slow clappers i've seen it in the high jump i've seen it in the triple jump in the long jump in the high uh, did i say high jump already yes i did i'm missing an event long pole vault there we go it's pole <laughs> i've seen it the odd time in shot put i'm wondering mm -hmm. if you're a slow clapper <laughs> or one who starts a slow clap before you, you throw is are you secretly hinting at me, Ashid? Should I slow clap? At all nationals? I'm saying, all I'm saying, Jen, is if you started a slow clap, I'm right in there with you. Oh my god! <laughs> Honestly, like I don't think I've never slow clapped, but I've always seen uh, like U18 boys do it for like discus or hammer. 
Mm. I did see it working for Hammer, but like shot and discus happen way too fast for it to actually like do anything. Yeah. Um, Jeff works though. If you, yeah. Do you think that would do anything for you? You know what? Maybe I'll try it. Uh, you should sure. give it a try because hmm. I, so I was very apprehensive of giving it a shot, but the year that Brienne and Ashton came to the Knights of Columbus and we mm -hmm. did high jump as one of the invitational mm -hmm. events and we sort of did it differently so it was like team Ashton and then Ashton took three of us multi girls and then there was team Brienne and there were three multi guys and so I remember Ashton was like no you've got to do the clap and I just said I don't know like this is just not my thing I'm not really willing to you know I feel like getting hyped up like that's not going to do anything for me mm -hmm. he's like no you've got to do it when I tell you the energy it's just like it's interesting how you can feed off of that energy and building and, and a lot of field events it's building that sort of rhythm and so I don't know you might not be a slow clapper but it's just interesting like the field events there's just so many different elements and because rhythm is one of them the slow clap is just such an interesting thing you know what I would love it if someone did a study on it <laughs> Like, You're a chemist, all of our scientists out there who are looking for a project or pursuing a master's yeah. love to hear the psychology on that one. Yeah, I would absolutely, I would be very, there probably already is, but I would be interested in reading something about that. You know what? Maybe I'll do it for weight throw on my yeah. last. Throw. Oh my gosh, I should have asked. Oh, did you know that I actually competed with Ashton? Ashton Eaton, really? Yeah, like mm -hmm. in 2016. Tell us more. Tell us the story. We would love to hear it. I would love to hear this story. Yeah. When did this happen? Where did this happen? Well, like, I'm just trying to think. Like, when did he come? Like, what year did he come for nights? I'm trying to think. It was, I want to say 2016. Like, in Edmonton, they always, they try to have, like, an international, like, all-comers type meet. And, like, at this one edition of it, uh, the shop put, they wanted to also have, like, home people like uh, athletes competed. And so mm -hmm. it was gonna be like me, a couple Americans and like Ashton and all like throwing there. It ended up like, I think all the other throwers had to like pull out either because they were injured or they couldn't get visas or something. So it ended up just being a shot comp with me and Ashton just going at it. And so I'm just like sitting next to him and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the, like at the time, this is the world record holder in the decathlon oh my gosh and so then I was just like asking him about like oh like why do you have like such a long like wrist strap and he was just like telling me the story of like I was talking with uh I don't even know which American shop putter if it was like Christian Cantwell or something and it was like oh yeah like having it all the way down on his forearm and like getting more of a like um wrist flick out of it and I'm like oh my gosh this is like the coolest moment right now Oh, that's did so you get awesome. a wristband afterwards to oh, mirror it? <laughs> no, but I did get a picture of him. I think it's my mom's Twitter account or something somewhere. <laughs> Legendary. Oh, it exists. Photos or it didn't happen, so it must have happened. <laughs> you also have your partner who's a thrower with you. I'm actually curious, is that helpful or is that... Tell me about what it's like having someone who you're really close with involved in sport. Is it nice to have them there? Or sometimes would it be nice to just be like, no, this is my sport. Let me do this. <laughs> oh, my gosh. 
Well, it wouldn't be the first time I heard of a success story where one partner coaches and the other partner is the athlete. For example, Emma Coburn, highly accoladed and famous 3K steeplechaser and world champ, is coached by her husband, Joe. And a second example, a little closer to home, my previous teammate from U of R, Mike Barber, moved home to Australia to coach and has ended up coaching his now wife, Kelsey Barber, to both the 2019 Doha World Champion and 2022 Eugene World Champion status in Javelin. Now, I don't know if you saw the 2019 video after her gold medal throw, but I think that celebration to have that with both her coach and her husband, what a moment for the two of them to share. So, Jen, I'm wondering in your case, is it helpful to have your partner Tyrell involved in your athletic career, both as a coach and a partner? That's part of the reason why I did move to Saskatoon was to be with Tyrell kind of thing. And then when I moved, I think he was going into his fourth year of eligibility and I had, I was going into my third. And so we competed sort of for the next two years. And then he finished his fifth year in 2020. And then we competed at nationals in Edmonton. And then half a week later, everything sort of shut down. So at least our championship wasn't uh, affected by it. Um, so then from there, like I had to just basically rehab my back. And then he was kind of thinking at the time, like, oh, do I transition sort of more into like coaching role kind of thing? Or like, I'm a still an athlete. And so he sort of like did it a little bit more coaching and did some throwing all throughout like 2020. So he ended up actually like coaching me throughout like 2020. And he's been sort of been my coach ever since, along with like Dean Bertoya on the side. Oh yeah, like for sure. It's been, I think very helpful because like we'll be in the car and I'll just be like talking, oh, like this was like really good today. And then we'll just like have a banter back and forth kind of thing. But then also like we, not that like we struggle to like figure out our place at the track kind of thing, just because it's not just me and Tyrell, it's like a group dynamic kind of thing. And it's very professional kind of thing. And so we've been fortunate enough to be part of some like throws clinics. And so we've asked like Ashley Kovacs, like how does she like coach her husband and whatnot. And then in Vancouver, we asked uh, Kara Winger and it was like, it just felt like a mere story, like listening to her, like with her, she was world champion, no, uh, silver this past worlds. I think she's like 35, 36. And she was just talking about like returning to sport from like a traumatic um, injury and having her husband like transition to being a coach who was a re retired discus thrower and like Tyrell's like throwing discus and I'm just like listening to her story and like her passion and I'm just like starting to tear up listening to her and like afterwards I just like thanked her for her story and she said like oh my gosh like no like it's all good and like you like what you're going through is almost like not like harder but like difficult to deal with um but what they said like Ashley and them just that communication is key and i can attest to that communication is so key i mean how you're pushing your bodies to extreme limits every day like you need to make sure you're having effective communication for a like injury reasons but also b just to make sure you're doing things as is expected and vice versa that they're your coach is also hearing your feedback too so 
yeah, no, thank you for sharing that. I didn't know if that might be too personal of a question. Whoa. So I appreciate you weighing in on that. Are there any words of wisdom you'd like to share or anything if you had to tell your younger self advice, something that you've learned along your way, if you could pick maybe one or two things that you would share? Oh, younger person. Try to be more outgoing and try different sports. And also do a lot more isometric core exercises. <laughs> <laughs> you can always benefit from more core exercises. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It was lovely to have a conversation on the throws events and just your insights. Like you've gotten to network with some really amazing throwers on the international scene. Brittany Cruz, Sarah Mitten, Cameron Rogers, Ashley Kovacs. Like this is... I feel like the throws community is so tight knit and to just to be able to have conversations like that and for you even just to share them with us and on our show, that's that's so meaningful. So thank you so much. We both really appreciate that. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Looking for a few behind the scenes of today's podcast? Stay tuned for the last few minutes. Otherwise, thank you for listening and see you next time. Okay, pre-race playlist song. I guess pre-throw playlist song. Well, any European metal song right now? Your first car. Uh 2002 Volkswagen Jetta. Ooh, morning or evening person? How early in the morning? <laughs> yeah, that's an evening person. Counter answer. question. That's an evening person answer. <laughs> yeah, you're a night owl. <laughs> um what uh sorry ooh go to karaoke song oh my gosh i am so introverted i don't even do karaoke <laughs> that's fair okay um did you want to do the last few here all right i'm ready okay so what was your first job Mm, worked at an indoor playground. And what's your thermostat at home set to? Ooh, I'm thinking it's like 23, 23 and a half, but every single other room is like at 20 for some reason. <laughs> That's fair. Um, yes or no, chopsticks. Can you eat with them? Yes. Amazing. And on average, how many hours of sleep would you say you get a night versus how many you want to get a night? Uh, uh, lately, it seems like six hours, but I function at eight and a half. Totally fair. So, Jen, mm. as you're preparing for CanWest and U-Sport, which is going to be hosted here in Saskatoon, what would you say to your teammates or any sort of advice that you would say to your teammates? Well, as if one of the few fifth years on the team, I would say enjoy the moment, take it all in, um, enjoy your successes and don't dwell on any failures. Oh, awesome advice. Love that. Thank you so much. Well, that's a wrap on today's episode. Jen, wishing you all the best in your upcoming season and good work at the most recent Santa Claus Throws Meet in Saskatoon. As we head into the holidays this weekend, thank you to our listeners for tuning in and hope you all have a Merry Christmas and Happy Holiday season.
with Paris 2024 Olympic standards posted and 2023 AC outdoor meets posted, it looks like there is bound to be lots to look forward to in 2023. Thanks again for tuning in and until next time, yours from Sasquatch, Adrian Astrid. Thank <laughs> you.